spoiler warning. The following discussion will contain spoilers. We recommend checking out the movie first, then coming back to hang with us. But, if you don't care about that, glad to have you here. Alright everybody, welcome back to another episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. And I'm Jeff. And we are your real movie guys. On today's episode, we're going to be taking a look at Back to the Future, Part 3. Stranded in 1955, Marty McFly learns about the death of Doc Brown in 1885 and must travel back in time to save him. With no fuel readily available to the DeLorean, the two must figure out how to escape the Old West before Emmett is murdered. So John, we're finishing it up. This is the last of the franchise. You know, we get into the epic conclusion of the Back to the Future trilogy. Was this what you expected? <laughs> it was a little different than what I expected. You know, as a but, kid, I, I don't... Again, we, I talked about my, my dealings with the, the second one and whatnot. So when I got to see them go to the Wild West, I was like, okay, that, that's kind of an interesting change compared to what we, we, we had initially. But you know what? There's evidence of it. They did set it up relatively well. Because there's a scene in Back to the Future Part 2 where Doc Brown's talking about his love of the Wild West and it's the one place he always wished he traveled to. So it's not too surprising, right? And in that regard, like, they did lay the groundwork. I question, though, should they have gone to the Wild West? That's maybe more my question. What do you think about that? No, I feel like they could have picked, like, a better place to go to. You know, like, I like the way it turned out and everything. Right. But I also feel like there was so much more they could have probably done. So let's talk about something I I just want to address real quick. It's kind of like a positive and negative when it comes to this movie. We talked about earlier how part two and part three were filmed back to back, right? They literally filmed, literally they came out, I think within a year or less than a year of each other. It's strange because part one and part two feel closer in tone than part two and part three. Part three almost feels slightly disjointed from the first two. Because I feel like they're really just going all out with the camp and the fun in this movie. Which I kind of get because that's what the Wild West, you know, it's kind of just like, it's a fun period, right? Like it's, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It never feels really dramatic at any times. It almost feels more into the realm of comedy than the other two. Like this one definitely has more of a comedic tone overall. And it's strange because you would think two and three would be closer than one and two. But in my opinion, I don't think they are. I think this one... It's kind of like the, not the black sheep, but it's more of the standout from the three as far as being the more comedic tone it's going for. At the end of part two, we got to see Doc Brown get zapped away and we didn't know what happened. And then Marty receives a mysterious letter from Wells Fargo, which I think is hilarious. We didn't really touch on that in the review, but I love how they always end with that dramatic like letter of something that's going to happen or has happened. I love that. I think that that's amazing. This movie, Marty's got to save Doc Brown because he finds his grave and he's going to get murdered in the Old West and he has to go save him. Overall, I I do enjoy this movie. I find that as I grow up with this movie in age, I tend to enjoy it more now than I did as a kid because I think I understand more of what they were trying to go for. As a kid, this is probably my least enjoyed out of the three movies. And a lot of people, I think, especially in our age group, I feel like it, it is the one you least go back to. Would you agree with that? Yes. And it's weird because you would think the conclusion is something you want to see. Like, for example, other trilogies like Star Wars, 
you go back to Return of the Jedi. A lot of people really love Return of the Jedi and love to see the end of that. Or you go to Lord of the Rings. You know, they love the Return of the King. They love that epic ending and that feel. I don't feel the same way with Back to the Future in that way. I enjoy the journey, but when we get to the end, I'm like, eh, okay. But let's talk about some of the characters. So, like I said before, I always take notes for movies. I gotta let my notes roll right on over. See the positives of the previous films. It's true. It's back <laughs> in this one again. If you saw our first two, if you saw our first review, and you saw the second one, then you know what I'm talking about. All the actors are amazing. Everyone's back. I do see they did scale back a little bit on the dual roles. Uh, we do have a couple, right? Uh, Michael J. Fox plays Seamus McFly, which I thought was kind of fun. You got to see his ancestor. Uh, Leia Thompson plays uh, Lorraine M. plays Maggie McFly, which. I do have a nitpick with that one, Ooh. right? I, I want to see what you think about this. So it makes sense about Seamus McFly, right? It hundred percent makes sense that he looks like Marty, but why would his great, great grandmother, why would she look like Leia Thompson? I don't know. They're Maybe not from they the were... same family line. Maybe they are. That's weird. And they got something weird going on. I don't know that that's kind Maybe of, this is game of Thrones style. People There's are something related. weird going on. Again, I <laughs> totally get Michael J. Fox playing Seamus, but Leia Thompson being Maggie, eh, that's a little, I don't know about that one. That was the only one I'm like, when I really think about it, I'm like, okay, that one doesn't work for me. You know, I, I get, again, we're having fun. Who cares? But at the same time, all right, that one's a little weird. We're but, all related somehow, okay? Yeah, they're related <laughs> down the gene pool. I guess something, something <laughs> got crossed kind of weird. Last thing we, we got to really mention as far as actors, uh, well, two actors, I guess we should really talk about. Christopher Lloyd. I like to see Christopher Lloyd maybe more in the driver's seat. In this movie, uh, we got some fun character development with him. Uh, you know, he's just been the eccentric scientist up until this point, right? He was kind of just driving the plot forward with Marty. You can argue almost he wasn't a character, right? He had really no development. He was just kind of, I'm Doc Brown, I'm a genius, and this is, I created the time machine. You know, he's just driving the plot along for Marty. So it was nice to see, I think, part three took the chance to say, let's give Doc Brown more of a story, right? Let's, let's give him a conclusion, an ending. Let's give him something. I think they do that. I like how they show he he wasn't really like the love kind of guy. He kind of belittles love like, oh, I can't fall in love. How can I fall in love with someone at first sight? And then he meets Clara, played by Mary Steenburgen, and he just falls in love instantly. And he's like, you know, enamored with her. And I like that. I like seeing Doc get a little more screen time and develop more as a character. I think that was a smart choice in a way to put Marty not in the backseat completely, but maybe more in the passenger side then have Doc Brown kind of drive the show in this instance. I really like that. I think that was a good idea. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to see his backstory and, like, understand more about him. Not even his backstory, but more his development, right? We got to see him get get a story, because at this point, I don't think we really got, like, a Doc Brown story. And something we didn't touch about, which I don't know if this bothers you. Does it bother you? We don't know why Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd are friends. Why Marty and Doc Brown are friends. Does that bother you, not knowing that? I mean, it always felt a little creepy to me, but no, I just it, went it along doesn't with it. to me. Now, I, I feel like that's the genuine <laughs> reaction a lot of people do. This is one of those rare instances where I feel like if Hollywood had had its claws in this movie today, we'd be getting like the Marty Doc origin story of how they met each other and how they're friends. I don't need to know that, and I'm glad, like the, you know, uh, Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gilly. I know they're they're never gonna let the pup. Hollywood touched the series for good reason. There's a good reason they don't touch it. I like not knowing the backstory of how they met. And 
for some reason, I don't question why they're friends. It, it never came up to me as to why are these two guys friends. It is kind of strange. An old man and a, a young kid are friends for some reason. But at the same time, I don't care. I, I'm just happy they are friends. I kind of honestly always just thought it was one of his teachers. I mean, you could say that, but th there's never a reason given. So it's, it's just very interesting to see that we never actually know. No. Again, who cares? <laughs> it works. Sometimes you don't need all the answers to everything. The character that steals the show, in my opinion, he's been stealing it every movie. Let's be real. Tom F. F. Wilson plays Biff Tannen. But more importantly, he plays Buford Mad Dog Tannen. And this guy's great in this movie. Like, if you were looking for, like, the sloppiest, ugliest version of Biff that we've gotten, he does a phenomenal job. It. He really does, in, in my opinion. He has so many good scenes, like when he's trying to get into the party and he's got the gun and he like throws the knife down and everything like that. Or my favorite scene with him, hands down, my favorite scene is the end scene with him and Marty. Like he shoots Marty in the chest when they're going to have their duel. And then he's like, uh, 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 and he's like doing this like weird like dance as he's like, his like weird laugh. And then Marty sits up and he's like, Ooh, and then he punches him in the face. I love that, 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 that scene. And Buford just does it great. He has some great lines. Uh, one of my favorite lines too, is when they're talking about like what time they're going to meet. And Marty's like, I got five minutes. He's like, no, you don't get out of here. <laughs> they're arguing back and forth about what time to start the killing at. Again, it's not the deepest character by any means, but that man, I think if anybody had the most range, cause I feel like he played the most characters, right? He had to play the most versions of himself and his ancestors and got to give that guy credit. You know, you, you got to. And the fact he had to eat so much manure, that sucks. Uh, I think he enjoyed manure. <laughs> yeah. The last character we'll talk about, and it's interesting because you don't usually get late additions to the cast, especially in like a trilogy. Usually you just carry on with your same characters. But we, we brought her up. Mary Steenburgen gets added as Clara. I'm not 100% sold on Clara. Like, I think she's fine and she's a good love interest for Doc Brown. But as a character, I don't particularly find her interesting or do i really care about her and i wonder if the movie kind of feels the same way at times because she's kind of just there to be a love interest i don't think she really adds anything else to the movie you can argue it was a good thing that they didn't try to go too much into her though yeah, like, i think it would have irked me because something about it, her irks me at times i don't know what it is <laughs> but just there's something there there's something there that bothers me so something refreshing is we we talked about a little bit about the old west in this movie in some ways i kind of do feel like it's refreshing to get a change after, you know, we, we, I kind of said in the first, the second, in the last review where we talked about back to the future part two, how they referenced a lot of back to the future part one and kind of cheated. It was kind of nice to see a movie just take place all in one location. To some extent, we didn't use any old footage. Everything was new. Uh, the gags were recycled for sure. Uh, one of the gags, and it's weird. I never really noticed this as much before is when Clara comes to visit uh, doc Brown and Marty when they're in the, the, the workshop it's the same scene as back to the future part one when lorraine comes to visit marty and they, they have like the delorean covered and everything like that i like how they kind of reference that scene and the model scene also i really like too where they, they have the model they have the model uh, please excuse the appearance of this model i think that's really <laughs> funny that, that always makes me laugh but this movie it relies on a lot of old gags sure but it uses all new footage so i think it tries to be set up its own identity in this movie and tries to make itself feel like a conclusion. If anything, you know, we get to see every, all the loose ends kind of get tied up. You know, we get the loose end to the, 
the Marty storyline, which I wasn't really a fan of. Again, I get why it's in the movie. It's nice to see we had a conclusion to it with Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which I thought that was really funny. He actually plays. Uh, he was in the he was in the second movie as was it Nails. <laughs> Like that. I think that's funny that he was even in this movie. I, I, it's funny. I didn't even realize when I was younger, I really didn't know much about the Red Hot Chili Peppers, but seeing him back now, like, oh, that, that's really funny in hindsight. Overall, I thought it was a good ending to the whole franchise and everything. Like you were saying, I thought that it was good that they kept it in one area this time because mm-hmm. I feel like going back to the well too much, making each movie the same, always makes it stale and dried out. And this right. one doesn't do that. So let's piggyback off that for a second. I'm more happy that they stayed in a new location. Right. But part of me at the same time does make me miss the time jumping from part two, where I like them going to different eras and seeing different things. So at times I haven't really said this previously and it hasn't come up till now is this one kind of feels a little slower than the other two, not dragging its feet slow, but because there's not too much happening and they're just in the old West at times, I think it can feel slower, especially because we had such a jump, jumping pace of the second one now we're just in one location it's nice that it's new and fresh but i think i would have liked maybe another timeline of some kind to be have introduced in this film in, in a way yeah i could do that i do feel like this one was a little bit slower than the rest but right. and how do you feel about the campy tone because you even acknowledge too like the tone's totally different from the other two it's not drastic so but it's it stands out i think in my opinion where this one's going for more of the laughs and the comedy How do you feel about that? It's a weird thing to do, but Mm -hmm. I understand it. Like, okay, right. There's certain things. Like, I don't think that they overdid it. Almost though. Close. I could say almost. They almost overdid it. Like they were, they were right there. They were teetering to where I was getting like, okay, like this, this tone doesn't, it's not matching the, I don't know. You just feel so disjointed from the other two, but it never pushed it over the line at any point. No. Yeah, you're right. So let's talk about the ending. That, that's what everyone's here for, I'm, I'm assuming. Everyone wa- wants to know what we think about the ending. At the end of the movie, Marty gets back. You know, he goes back to the present. He The DeLorean gets destroyed by an oncoming train, which is a pretty cool scene. I have to, I'm not going to lie. I, I think that's pretty cool watching the DeLorean get destroyed. And then we see Doc Brown comes in a flying, time-traveling, steam-powered train. And he tells the whole moral of the story. Your future is what you make it. And he flies off and the series ends. How do you feel about that ending i thought it was a great ending you thought it was a great ending i did i thought i thought it had like a, <laughs> a happy ending and doc just always makes me laugh and that ending for him seems awesome to me well, you want to know what i think you thought it sucked no i think it's a good ending no it's a good it's a good ending my only thing that bothers me and it always bothered me since i was younger is the flying train i couldn't get behind that for some reason i don't know what it was the flying train just always bothered me and it looks really bad you know and i've complimented this series on its effects and its practicality a lot of the times this is the one instance of really bad cg i did not enjoy the flying train it just seemed way too silly you went way over the top for a movie about time travel and all the zaniness going on that that just pushed it a little over the top for me as far as it being connected i get he had to go see marty again do we need a flying train no we had a regular train it made sense probably not because you know, there's not going to be train tracks everywhere they go, let alone them landing on the train tracks in general. And you know, there's some logic issues there. Something that's positive about this movie, too, is there's a lot of good action set pieces in this movie. I feel like we never got a lot of action 
in the other movies. I think this one maybe had a little more, would argue, and that's good to have in a finale film. You know, we had the the initial scuffle at the beginning of the movie. Uh, we had the Clara chase down on the horses. And I think the train scene, actually, at the end of this movie is really good. I really like the hyping of them having to rob a train and then get the train to push the DeLorean to make it get 88 miles per hour. Like, I think that's really clever overall. I really think that's a really cool idea. I even like when they rob the train and the guy's like, he's like, pull, they're holding him up. He's like, what are you? Oh, you're trying to rob the train. No, it's a science experiment. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Again, they, they just, there's so many memorable scenes, just like the other two. This one has its two. One of my favorite, like overlooked scenes in this movie is when they're talking to Marty and like mad dogs calling him out and he's not wanting to go out and he's sitting there and they're like, you'll be a coward if you don't do it. And you see Marty's just standing there and he's thinking about it and he goes, he's an asshole. (laughs) For some reason, that's like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I just, it's something I always reference all the time. Whenever I think of like the character that's being like a real dick in a movie, for some reason I always come back to like, he's an asshole line. (laughs) And maybe people should take that more to heart occasionally when you get someone that's really, really annoying. Just go, He's an asshole. Yeah, Who cares? He's an asshole. <laughs> like, what do I care what he says? He's an <laughs> asshole. I love that. I think that's great. And, you know, it does show that development from, from Marty. Well, we, we kind of got to, like, slippery times at the beginning of his, like, you know, don't call me a chicken or you call me yellow, <laughs> which they do in this movie, which, again, got to give him some credit. That, that was kind of funny. You went in a good direction there. It's nice to see, like, Marty, they, they kind of, like, closed the book on that and he kind of learned his lesson. And like you said, everyone has a satisfactory ending i think overall this movie did a really good job just tying up the loose ends there's interesting thoughts where i've seen people talk about like you know doc brown seems like he's kind of a hypocrite in a lot of ways we're like oh we can't mess too much with the timeline but he's saving marty's kids he let marty change his parents and then he's he saved a woman's life and now they're living outside of the the timeline in existence there's discussions to be had but you know at at the end of the day like this movie i think this film in particular tries to do it's just telling you just have fun don't think too deep. Just have a good time and enjoy it. This film tells you only you can control your future. Yeah, they, they nail it home. They really do. They and That's a little heavy-handed. I'll give them that. The end was just a little, like, on the nose for me. It was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't like when, like, they talk. It's not talking down to the audience, but telling me what I should be feeling and what I need to know. But <laughs> that also comes in the realm of it being more of a family film. So the kids at home might not be picking up necessarily on that. So they got to tell you how you got to feel or how you, what you're supposed to think at the end of the film. There's a lot of good things, but at the same time, you know, there, there's some things that I think this is probably the weakest entry in the series. And the more I watch it, I think this one gets better with time. No pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> that being said though, I think we're ready to give our final scores. I'm going to give back to the future part three, a minus. It's not the best movie by far in the series. I think there is some issues with tone changing randomly Uh, maybe being in the wild west and not having some more time travel adventures being a little bit of an issue but overall this movie just set out to be a fun good time telling a wild west story and closing a chapter to an amazing series it's one of those movies like i would never recommend this movie by itself but if you just if you're gonna watch back to the future you gotta do all three there's no reason not to john where do you stand with this film i'm gonna give this movie a B plus. It had everything the other ones had, but was done a little bit not as good. And I feel like 
it had so much to this movie, but I feel like the other ones are so much better. This one wasn't my favorite in the series. And I think that's the common opinion, right? For the most part, we're going to see a lot of people just say like, this isn't their favorite one, but that doesn't mean it's bad. And B plus isn't bad. That's a good score. And I, I, I cannot totally understand where you're coming from. There's times where I've kind of teetered between like B plus a minus, but it's one of those things where I look at the whole picture as a whole. And I look at the beginning to the end of the film, maybe understand me and at least in my opinion, understanding maybe where it was trying to go with just using the wild West and just having a good time. And me also loving wild West movies kind of adds that extra layer. It didn't, do anything super groundbreaking in this movie. I think part one and part two do that to a, a more successful extent, but at the same time, it's a good story. And I, I can't argue with, you know, my enjoyment of the film. Is it a masterpiece? No, but it's still a really good movie in my opinion. And for a lot of trilogies and series out there, I, I, I dare you. I challenge you to find, you know, a more hard press series with successful films like this series. Before we wrap up, one last thing we'll just discuss real quick. Would you be opposed to seeing more Back to the Future? Like if they said next tomorrow, let's make another, let's make another one. How would you feel? I wouldn't be opposed to it, mm -hmm. but I don't think that you should do it because I feel like now future movies are so unrealistic the way that they go with them. That I feel like they would just ruin this. In my opinion, I would say don't do it. And again, from what I, you know, what I gather, you know, Bob Gale and Robert Zemeckis, they own the rights. This is one of those rare instances where the directors and the writer retain their rights to the film. So they're not going to release it for anybody at all. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're going to hold on to it. As far as like a sequel series or a prequel series or uh, some, something in between, whatever that would be. No, you know, sometimes we got to, we make things and they just need to end. And this is a good example of Hollywood just needs to leave it alone. You know, there's other time travel movies. Just do something different. You can make a time travel movie that doesn't have to be connected to back to the future. Just cause you're slapping the name on it. Doesn't mean it would be part of the series and to do anything else. I think would, would hurt not wouldn't hurt these movies. Cause I don't think you can damage a series. Like people argue like star Wars, like making sequels, prequels, you know, damages the core. I don't necessarily believe that because that's, I still enjoy those movies. If I choose to just watch those, that that's fine. But in this instance, I just don't need any more. I think this is fine. And I think they hold up enough. And I think they're, they're well filmed. You know how they made these films. They hold up to today. They're still enjoyable. Even though we're not living in the eighties, they're still relatable and it's still a really fun time. Back to the future, an amazing series. You know, we loved it across the board. Let us know what you guys think down in the comments below. John, where can the people find us at home? Well, you can leave your comments over on YouTube where you can find us at The Real Movie Guys on YouTube. Comment there. Like our channel. Subscribe. Let us know what you thought about this movie. What you thought about the future. You can also find us on Twitter at The Real Movie Guy on Twitter. You can also find us now on Instagram. The Real Movie Guys on Instagram and Facebook. You can also listen to us on many podcasting platforms such as yes for your listening pleasure we are also available in podcast form at itunes spotify anchor google podcast overcast breaker radio public and pocket Casts. be sure to go to listen to any of those fine places if you are right now hey greatly appreciate it just search out real movie guys you should pop right up thank you all again so much for joining us for this episode of the real review my name's kevin that guy over there he's john we are your real movie guys real guys real movies real thoughts don't forget the future is real we'll catch you next time great scott